get your get your notebooks out, get your little kid books out right here, and get ready to write this morning. We are going to hit the ground running because we got ground to cover and a little time to do it in. One of the things as uh, we were planning camp this year, talking with uh, Morgan and John and, and Bo, one of the things that we really wanted to key in on in these morning sessions is this idea of spiritual disciplines. In other words, we're going to get really, 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 really practical this morning with you. Because here's the deal. We love camp. Camp's awesome. It's amazing. It's a spiritual high. Everybody has a great time. You unplug from the world. You plug in with Jesus. You're doing quiet times. You're having worship services. You're singing. You're singing. There's nothing better than you. You got Jonathan Willis up here leading the worship. Uh, you hear speakers. You have all this stuff. You got great leaders. You have all this. But at the end of the day, listen to me, students. That is one week out of the year. You got 51 other weeks that we want you walking with Jesus and growing in your relationship with Him. We don't want you just waiting until next year's camp and you get your spiritual high, get pumped up spiritually, and then try to make it through the year. Well, we don't want you just waiting like like, like on Wednesdays. Well, Wednesdays, I'll come to church, I'll get the Bible, I'll get Jesus, I'll get my worship on. What about the rest of the days? What about the rest of the weeks? How do you, students, as a middle schooler, as a seventh grader, as an eighth grader, as a high school student, a tenth grader, how do you grow with Jesus on your own? How do you develop those habits, those disciplines to keep you growing in your relationship with Him? Because here's the goal. The goal is for you to become spiritually mature. And you're like, okay, I'm spiritually mature. I still have to be church word. What does that mean? Spiritual maturity is this. Write this down. Spiritual maturity is you becoming more and more like Jesus. That's the goal. The goal is for you as a freshman, as a seventh grader, however old you are, the goal is for you. Day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, to look more and more and more like Jesus. That's what we want. It's not, it's not, well, I got saved, I'm a Christian, and I'm just going to coast on in and do my own thing, and then I'll take the hand one day, no, 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 no. You got saved, that's not the finish line, y'all. That's the starting gate. You busted out the starting gate. And now it's time for the Holy Spirit to work in your heart to make you look more and more and more like Him. That's the idea of spiritual maturity. And that's what we're talking about. How in the world, how can we not just feed you here at camp with the Word? Or Morgan or John feed you on a Wednesday night with the Word or on a Sunday morning. How can we, look at me, this is key, how can we teach you to feed yourself on a regular basis? Not just waiting for camp, not just waiting for a Sunday, not just waiting for a Wednesday, but how can you feed yourself and be in God's Word and grow to become everything that God has called you and saved you to be? Now, here's the deal. When it comes to spiritual maturity and spiritual growth, some, some, some ideas right here, big things, some, some, some rapid fire right here. Here's what you got to understand when it comes to your spiritual growth and you grow to become more like Jesus. Number one is this, write this down. It's not automatic. 
It's not automatic. It's a process, and it takes discipline. And I'm going to unpack these real quick, real quick. Number one is this. It's not automatic. Uh, you've got, you got to get this. you got to get this. And the adults in the back, the leaders in the back, can amen on this. You will not drift into godliness. You're, you're not automatically going to become more godly. It's not, it's not just going to happen by itself. Our hearts are prone to drift to the things of the Lord. You don't drift to holiness. You don't drift to godliness. You want to naturally drift to look more and more like Jesus. So it's not an automatic. Listen, it's a process. It takes time. There are no shortcuts when it comes to growing to be like Jesus. You can't just microwave it like, I'm more like Jesus. Look at me. It's a process. It takes time. And here's the deal. Next year at camp, the goal being is that you don't look the same spiritually as you do right now. Why? Because you've grown. You've grown in your walk with the Lord. You've grown to look more like Him. And you, 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 you've overcome certain temptations. And at the end of the day, y'all, it's, it's, it's not automatic. It's a process. It takes discipline. You're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to stop being lazy. You have to stop relying on your mom and dad's faith or your or, or, or John Gibbons' faith or more. And you're going to have to own it. It's like, listen, I am responsible for myself. My response is my responsibility. This is someone that comes to the things of the Lord. I have to take responsibility for my own. Listen to the key word. Listen, listen, listen. For my own personal walk with Jesus. Because at the end of the day, students, that's what it is. It is your personal walk with the Lord. And so that's your responsibility. So listen, it's not automatic. It is a process, and it takes discipline. And so what we're going to do uh, this morning and tomorrow morning, we're going to look at two primary spiritual disciplines that we want you to implement in your life that you can do. You're smart enough to do this. You're capable enough to do this. You can do this. Two spiritual disciplines. And if, I, if you implement these in your life, I guarantee you, next year when you come back to Columbia, if you do what we're telling you to do this morning and tomorrow morning, you will not be the same person next year that you are right now. You'll be different. You'll be closer with the Lord. You'll be stronger with the Lord. You'll be walking with the Lord, and you'll be a different man and woman of God. So here it is tonight, today, this morning. We're going to look at the discipline of reading God's Word. God's Word, you being in the Word. And you're like, Stephen, tell me something. I, don't, I know it's the Bible, it's the B-I-B-L-E. Yeah, we got to read it. you got to be in it. So the big idea right here this morning is just write this down, that nothing, Nothing will sustain your faith. Nothing. Nothing will sustain your faith like a steady diet of God's word. Can I get a big man in the back for the adults? Yeah, come on, man. Say it like you mean it. Nothing. Nothing will sustain your faith like a what's word? Steady. Diet, meaning this, hello, you 
Jesus do? Jesus fired back all three times with what? Guess what? With the word of God. It's God's word. It's God's word that he spoke back to the enemy to keep him from being tempted. And in Ephesians chapter 6, when Paul is talking about the armor of God, he says, hey, when those fiery darts from the devil come at you, not, not if they come, but when they come, when Satan comes and he tries to attack you with these fiery darts, he doesn't say run from the darts. He doesn't say dodge the darts. He doesn't say maneuver the darts. What does he say? He says you hold up the shield of faith. And with the shield of faith, what do you mean? You extinguish those fiery darts. The shield of faith, the faith of God's word, the promises, you stand on those promises. You stand on the word of God. And when you stand on the word of God, you're able to extinguish those fiery darts of the devil. You've got to have God's word. You've got to be in the word. You've got to carve out time to be in this word. You think about the Bible. The Bible, let me nerd out just for a moment right here. Not one book, but 66 volumes right here. 66, that's why we have 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament written on three different continents, Asia, Africa, Europe, written in three different languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, with a little bit of Aramaic, written by over 40 different authors from various walks of life, doctors, historians, fishermen, kings, generals, tax collectors, shepherds, 40 different authors, gives us 66 volumes, written over the course of 1,500 years, 1,500 years. 66 volumes, three different continents, over 40 different authors, with one primary redemptive message that God loves you, and he sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you. Oh my goodness, thank you, God, for your word. It's what you have. But here, listen, listen, listen. It does all. It does you no good, and it sits It does you no good, and the only time you are in it is on the way that you've got to be in it, and you've got to be putting it in your life. Okay, I know, I get it, I get it, I gotta read my Bible. How do I do it? What do I do? Let's get practical. Are you ready to get practical? Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. All right, so how to have a quiet time. Okay, see, I'm feeling guilty about what is a quiet time? By definition, a quiet time is a daily time. Notice it's a daily, daily time that you set aside. This is so important. This is your most important relationship, students. Your relationship with your Heavenly Father. So this is a daily time that you set aside to be alone with God, to get to know Him through prayer and the Bible. Like I said, today we're going to talk about the Bible. It's a daily time. I love seeing some of y'all writing this stuff down. Those of you who are not writing, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just hoping that you got it all right here, baby. It's a daily time. You're going to unplug. You're going to put your phone away. You're going to find a quiet place. And you're going to go and you're going to have a daily time. A daily time with God to get to know Him. Why? Because that 
is your most important relationship. Okay? So that, that's, that's, that's the definition. Okay, so what do I do now? What do I do now? Step number one. Look how practical this is. Step number one, you've got, you got to get a specific time. You select a specific time that works for you. That could be first thing in the morning. If you're a morning person, you want to get up a little extra earlier, you do that. It could be in the afternoon when you get home from school. It could be right before you go to bed. I don't care when you have that time, but you need, listen to me, you need to have a specific time that you know that nothing's going to get in the way of this. I've got a specific time that I am going to meet with God. And I'm going to spend time with Him. Why? Why am I going to do that? Because I can't be a healthy Christian without it. I'm not going to grow. Why am I going to do that? Why? Why? Because your most important relationship is with your Heather. That's what you have been created for. You've been created for a relationship with So I need to set aside a specific time of the day, morning, afternoon, evening, whenever it is that you are going to meet with the Lord. So you got that specific time. Well, how are they working? Whatever time that is, listen to me, students, you've got to be consistent. Is it the morning? Is it the morning? It's right when you get home from school. Right before you get home from school. It's right before you go to bed. Whatever it is, you be consistent. Second question I get a lot over and over is how long? How long should my quiet time be? I mean, I mean, I mean this is new to me. What is it? An hour? Is it thirty minutes? Right? Like, you know, how long should my quiet time be? Here's what I'm telling you, students. If you're just starting out, you start. Write this down. You start with fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. And I'm going to break that down for you really good. Y'all, are y'all with me in the back back here? Y'all with me? Yes, yes, thank you. I see that hand in the air. You said 15 minutes. And you're not watching the clock? Okay, I got 15 minutes. Oh, no, yeah, you really got to go. Get back on the internet. No, no, no. You said 15 minutes, okay? Because we're going for it. Listen to me. We're going for quality. We're not going for quantity right now. You said 15 minutes aside. And then, then over time, it may grow. But I'm going to start out 15 minutes with the Lord. I'm going to do that. Why? Because that is my most important relationship. Everything, everything in your life, students, flows from that relationship with the Lord. So you're going to I've got my specific time and place. I know what I'm going to do. I guess in 15 minutes. After that, what do I do next? I get everything I need to have my quiet time. I'm going to get my Bible. I'm going to get my notebook. I'm going to get a pen. I'm going to get a piece of paper. I'm going to get something to write with, something to write on. I'm going to get my devotion. So the next thing you're going to do, number four, is you're going to make sure you're going to get everything you need for that quiet time. Everything you need. Your Bible. You're doing a devotional. Your journal. You're getting everything you need for that. Now, your Bible, make sure, make sure you got a translation that you can understand. If you're a King James fan, knock yourself out. Get your King James Bible and you rock and roll. Or maybe you like the NIV, the International Version, or the ESV is what I preach from, the English Standard Version, or the NASB. Don't. That's going to get in trouble. Right, this is your pastor talking right here. All right, all right, all right. Look at me. All right. Look at me on the back. Where's Pizal? Pizal's going to like this right here. Pizal, don't use the message paraphrase for your quiet time. Right? Don't, don't use the message paraphrase. I want you to use something that's going to get us close to the original Hebrew and the Greek. So that's going to be the ESV. That's going to be the New American Standard. The NIV. Uh, one of the, the New Living Translations. Great. Pastor Corey preaches from the New Living Translation. 
use one of those translations right there. Listen, you got everything you need, okay? So I got my specific time and place. I got my 15 minutes marked out. I got my Bible. I got my devotional. I got my notebook. I got everything that I need. And then, number four, what do I do? I start reading God's Word. You just start. Now, where do we start? We'll start in the book of Leviticus. It's amazing. Chapter 4 is where I'm going to be in my quiet chapter. There's one I realize. 
real quickly. Move some of this stuff. We're going to practice this together. And then I'm going to send you out to have a quiet time on your own. Okay? Go to your daily quiet time, how to study the Word. Morning session, number one passage, Philippians chapter 4. So let's say, let's say just for a moment. You got home from school or you woke up early and you're ready, you're ready to have your quiet time, your daily time with the Lord. And your passage right here, your passage is Philippians chapter 4, verse 1 through 9. So what you're going to do, what you're going to do, you're going to take a minute, right? You take a minute and just quiet yourself. You take a minute, be still and know that I'm God. Take a minute, God, speak to me today as I walk through your word. So after that minute, after you get settled, what are you going to do? You're going to open up God's word. We all got Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. So then what I would do with my pencil in my hand, or a pen, or a highlighter, I would begin to read Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. We got them all together right here. Everybody on the same page? Say yes. Yes? Okay. So then I would read, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and I long for, my joy and crown, stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat you, die, and I entreat since you to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. All right, so you got your Bible right there. Okay, we're going to start Bible. So I just read that section, okay? I don't know if that took four minutes, maybe it took two minutes, whatever. Here's my section, okay? So I've relaxed, I've found out my specific place and time, I've read my passage. The next thing I do is I'm going to journal. I'm going to record. And down here below, you've got the here journal. H-E-A-R. H is highlight. Highlight. So I would walk through here, and in my journal, I would probably write it. You know, almost something like this. I write the H, um, H, bad handwriting, just work with me, okay? H would be for highlight. I would find a verse in that section that jumped out at me. I, I would find a verse that's like, okay, you know, as you're reading along, you're like, oh, man, that verse was great. So I, I would look back through that as I'm writing down, and for me, in this section right here, okay, the H, the highlight, just kind of looking for a verse. For me, it would be Philippians 4, 6. Maybe I would write Philippians. Philippians 4, verse 6 in my journal right there. And I might even write it out. Do not 
out that verse right there. That would be the highlight, the page of my heart. That's the verse that I want to key in on right there. So that, that's the verse that's really, that's really speaking to me. So I would do that in my journal. And then, and then in the next one, in the age, I, I would look at that and I would say, okay, what is it that he is explaining? Okay, what, what's being explained in this? Who's writing this? What is this verse all about? Well, Paul in the, in the, in the E is explaining Paul. self-explanatory, right? Paul's telling them, hey, don't worry. Pray. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, what you got to do, you got to pray. So why worry when you can pray? So since I would kind of write that down in, in, in my journal, okay, the highlight, okay, the one that jumped out of me was Philippians 4, 6, explain, okay, what does Paul say? What does this verse mean? Uh, uh, Paul was saying, don't worry, you should just pray. God telling me to do in this. He's telling me, okay, in these things right here, in these things that I'm worried about, I need to give it to the Lord. And the promise of this verse right here is when I give it to the Lord, what will happen? When I give this up to the Lord, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, Guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. And so, so in that, so, so I took a minute. Watch this. Watch the picture. I took a minute and I've rest. Okay, relax. I've taken four minutes. I've read. Now in this record section, I'm using the here drum. I'm highlighting. I'm explaining. I'm seeing how it applies to me. And then finally, and finally, at the end, what am I doing? I'm responding. I'm responding. Response. Respond. What does that look like? Maybe that's a prayer back to God. God, thank God. Help me not to worry, but help me to, help me to follow you. Help, help me not to be so caught up in the things of this world, not to be anxious, but to give it to you and know when I give it to you, you're there and you love me and you're going to be there and you're going to give me peace. So maybe, so maybe it's a prayer back to God or, or, or whatever the Lord might be. How you respond back to me is a prayer back. Maybe it's an action step you need to do. Whatever it is, that's what you're writing down in your, your journal. That's what you're writing down in your quiet time. And then, and then it's like, oh, I'm done. I wrote it. Then I go back and I reflect on what I wrote and put it down. And then I end with a prayer. That right there, that right there, 15 minutes of God, 15 minutes a day can change your days for the rest of your days. So I'm going to ask a question, students. Here it is. I'm going to send you out. I'm going to send you out right to God. How valuable is God's word to you? I hope that you will treasure it. I hope that you will read it. I hope that you will meditate on it. I hope that you will marinate in it. I hope that you will memorize it and allow it to come out in your so here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Okay? I'm going to pray for you. 
got your 15 minutes. Relax, read, record, reflect, and pray. I just want to pray for you. Your next section is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I want to send you out to have your quiet time. You're going to go find someplace on this campus close to where your team time is, and you're going to take a minute and relax. Take four minutes and read. Take four minutes and write H-E-A-R. Take two minutes and reflect, and then take four minutes and pray. I'm going to give you 15 minutes to do that. And when I say amen, here's the When I say amen, listen, listen. You are up, and you're walking out, and it's a quiet time, which means this. When we dismiss you, you leave without talking. I want to hear a pin drop in here. There's no talking. There's no like, hey, where are you going, man? No, 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 not a lot, not a lot. You're about to go spend time with your Creator. You're about to go spend time with a God in the universe. So in a forever way, I want to say amen. You're going to get your stuff. You're going to go to the vicinity where your team is going to meet because you're going into team time after that. And you're going to sit and you're going to take 15 minutes and spend with your Heavenly Father. And you're going to work through Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. That's going to be your quiet time. So you're going to take a minute, and you're going to rest. You're going to relax. You're going to take some time. You're going to read. You're going to record. You're going to reflect. You're going to pray. And then when you hear, when you hear the siren, that's not a tornado, that's John Gibbons on a golf cart, telling you to go to team time. Are you with me? Say yes. You got your marching orders. You good? All right, so when I pray, nobody talking. We're dismissing the silence. Father, I thank you for this time. God, I thank you for these students. God, I pray you would bless them. Lord, now as we go out to open up our Bibles, to spend time in your word, to journal, to wrestle with it, God, I pray that you would speak to us. As these students go out here and they find a place by themselves, and as they open up their hearts and say, God, here I am, speak to me. God, I pray that you would speak to them. And God, I pray that you would help them to understand the importance of this daily time and what this can mean to them. God, I pray that you would raise up world changers in this room, men and women of God who would do great things for you and their generation. And it all starts daily habit, the daily discipline of being in your word. We love you, King Jesus, and we can't wait to spend time with you in our personal time right here, right now. It's in your name we pray and believe. Quietly, you go exit, and you go spend time